Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by Ike of Ike's Flame. So this conversation is in two parts because it is quite massive. Part two will be released next week on this feed, but all my Patreon supporters already have access to part one and part two of this conversation in one full episode. So if that intrigues you, please go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat because for as little as one pound a month, you get early access to genuine chit chat episodes as well as I do afterthoughts every week. There's horror episodes that we're releasing at least once a week. We're trying to do two a week for a spooky season. But yeah, please check that out. A link will be in the description. But this episode in particular. So Ike has got a podcast called Ike's Flame, which he talks about Star Wars loads on there. I actually appeared on there a few weeks ago. So a link is in the description to check that out because I spoke about the High Republic, specifically phase one. So please check that out and support Ike's podcast. But this conversation, obviously, is quite Star Wars centric, but I like to describe it almost as sort of surface level Star Wars in a good way. We speak about Star Wars in a very general sense. We talk about video games a bit, we talk about animation and live action series for a while, uh, we talk about visions, we talk about non Star Wars fandoms we enjoy, like Marvel and Lord of the Rings, our favorite Star Wars era, those sorts of things. So it's not a super serious conversation, it's quite chilled out, and we talk about Star Wars for the vast majority of it. I will also note here that around 11 minutes, there was a mild audio issue. The change is barely noticeable and it only lasts for about three or four minutes, I think. But it was basically just my local recording stopped for a few minutes. And so I had to use the Zoom recording, which I don't generally use. So I just want to highlight that in case you hear a slight change around the 11 minute mark. It does sort itself out for all you audiophiles out there. But that's going to be enough for me in this intro. As I always say, check out the show notes for all the information about this episode, part two next week, and those sorts of things. And there is going to be a quick promo by the Saturdays Arthur Ghouls podcast, which is part of the Podmoth Network, which is created by friend of the show, Janine Mercer. So that promo will play, and then part one of the conversation will start, and then I'll be back at the end to give you more information. So without further ado, here is the promo for Saturdays Arthur Ghouls, and then my conversation with Ike's Flame. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls, a podcast on the Podmoth Network. We cover all things spooky, like horror movies, true crime, the supernatural, and spooky stories. In the most chaotic way possible. So join your favorite ghoul friends every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And become a spooky babe! (laughs) So spooky babes, we'll see you in your nightmares! Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And here we are for another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. And this week I am joined by someone whose show I've appeared on recently, actually, to talk about Star Wars. And this gentleman's name is Ike. So this conversation is Mike and Ike, which is a lot of fun. Uh, And so, Ike, welcome to the show. Obviously, thank you for having me on your show. And uh, please tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my podcast is Ike's Flame, and we do um, specifically Star Wars content. And um, a lot of times I'll focus on, um, say for a month, we'll focus on a certain area, Star Wars era of Star Wars, um, and we will do deep dives into characters mainly. Um, so that's mainly what we've been doing um, here in uh, back in September. We had a bunch of guests on just talking about 
anything Star Wars related. So we'll we'll jump around and do some different things. But we do a lot of deep dives on Star Wars characters, um, and then just um, any other content um, as well, especially with shows coming out. Um, we try to relate it to. Um, it may not be directly about the show coming out, but related to what um, is going on. Um, so like. Back in August, we did um, kind of an Andor theme, kind of in preparation for Andor. Um, looked at a lot of Rogue One stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of what we do. We do a lot of deep dives on Star Wars characters, get pretty deep into lore and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy it. And um, I'm the host, and I do it by myself unless I have a guest on. So uh, it's uh, good stuff. And what made you start a Star Wars podcast out of interest? Yeah, um, so I was just looking to, so actually I dabbled in doing some YouTubing um, mainly and never really got into doing that like a lot regularly. Um, and for me, uh, podcasts actually ended up being a little easier medium to do. Um, and so um, I jumped into that and uh, I, th- I think for me, like, doing a star wars podcast is like i love talking about it i love um, talking to other people about it and so for me it's just a avenue of sharing and exploring um something that i enjoy uh diving into and enjoy diving into star wars and so i think just doing that and i think along with that is like with doing a podcast you're getting different people's ears and different people's uh lives in some ways and so i think also just like hopefully making somebody's day a little better as I go about it as well um, is the hope. <laughs> That's very sweet. That's a very nice idea. And so with linking into that, I, I want to ask one of the guests that you had on your show uh, in uh, September, obviously was myself, but another one yeah. was your brother. Um, so I want to ask sort of with Star Wars in your family, has that always been quite a tradition since you were younger or has it been more of a recent thing? Like just let us talk to us about Star Wars in your family. Yeah, so it's been so ever since growing up, like growing up with me and my brothers, um, both my brothers are older than me. Um, we've always watched Star Wars and that sort of thing. And so like it was always kind of a part of our lives, but it wasn't like super ingrained into what we did. You know, me and one of my brothers, we played like Battlefront growing up and enjoyed doing that. But I think uh, probably really just in the last few years, I started diving into it more, which my brother did as well. And so that's been a big connection point. So my brother lives 10 hours away. Um, oh, wow. a few, a few, I, I live in the U S so a few States away. So it's been a good connection point as like to build our relationship on and to just do something, have something fun to talk about um, outside of, Hey, like, how's it going? How's life going? How's work going? Um, and so it, that's been for us kind of a cool connection point or last um, some in different states uh and doing that so that is um yeah so i think especially now it even more than ever it's been kind of hey this is a way i can connect with my brother stay in a relationship with him even though we live a 10-hour drive from each other hmm that's really nice yeah i don't understand that because with podcasting as a whole uh i've certainly found that it helped me uh with certain social elements of my life, being able to talk to a variety of people and some of the people I met and being able to talk to these people about Star Wars. And I've got, you know, I've got a fair amount of friends who like Star Wars, but none of them are into it anywhere near as much as I am. So th- for me with podcasting is the people I've met 
through it who are into star wars a lot they're some of the people that i like to talk to and obviously some of those uh, like my friend ben of star wars timeline he's over in um, america as well he lives in new york so okay. he's you know from the uk to new york that is uh, a long way a long way to yeah. go uh, yeah. minimum several hours on the plane but with everything else involved it's a very costly endeavor so it's not really something yep. you can easily kind of just um pop across to um, but i want to ask you uh, there's something i like to ask everyone uh, when I speak to them about Star Wars, and it's what is Star Wars to you? Uh, and you can answer that question as ambiguously as you want. Just kind of the first sort of thing that comes into your mind if I say to you, you know, what is Star Wars? How would you interpret that? And what are your kind of thoughts on that matter? Yeah. So I think for me, I've always thought of it as like, it's just a fun outlet. It's a fun, like, way to spend my time to. Um, a source of entertainment for me. Um, and I think as I've gotten into it, like, um, like I, the, I think with Star Wars being as broad and in depth as it is, like there's never an end to it. And so like, I can always explore more. I always have a book list that I'm going through um, and like that sort of thing. So for me, it's like, I enjoy it because of the element of there's just so much material to it and there's so much depth to it. Um, it allows for just a lot of entertainment and a lot of different ways to just enjoy a different universe. And I think some ways for me, it's like, it can give me a break from reality. So like a break from the busyness of life, a break from um, just whatever's going on um, and just give me an outlet to enjoy something for whether it's an hour or whether it's 20 minutes um, and that sort of thing. And so I think that is part of it for me is just like, there's so much of it. It can go in depth. um, And I I enjoy seeing the connections as well between um, different aspects of star wars so connections like oh we get um a character in the clone wars that pops up in a book that's also in rebels and (laughs) um on so on and so forth we have all these connections and i think just diving into some of that is always uh fun as well and so i think that for me is like star wars is kind of the outlet um and like we said earlier like i've always been around star wars to some degree growing up um and so it's always been for me like I do have some fond memories with it as well. Um, whether that is playing with plastic toy lightsabers in the backyard with my brothers or playing Battlefront um, with my brothers and those sorts of things. And even like here's more recently going to like opening night of sequels and Rogue One and Solo and some of those with friends um, and doing that sort of thing as well. Just kind of building some of those, you got those relationships that come with Star Wars and just doing life together but also exploring a uh different something that's not just our normal reality um as well so yeah i think for me it's just an outlet it's a way to enjoy life and enjoy um a great source of entertainment Hmm, yeah yeah i totally understand that I'm, i'm in a very similar boat i find that the escapism level of star wars is so good like the fact that also everyone knows what star wars is and there's everyone is a fan of star wars to a different degree you know most Mm -hmm. people just watch the movies uh, and then you've got others who watch the series as well and then you go like one step further than that and you've got people who read the books and the comics and whatnot obviously the video games is kind of a weird middle ground sort of a lot of people who play the video games who've never watched the series and things yeah but yeah I i find that 
I find it as escapism as well when there's so much of life that is busy or difficult or anything like that you can dive into uh, just a comic or a book or a series as you say and one of the beauties of it is what you touched upon there which is because it's a shared universe no matter how much content you consume it still feels like it's adding to stuff like I find myself even if I read a Star Wars comic or book that maybe isn't you know, isn't the best book I've ever read or isn't the best comic. At the very least, it still adds to this wider universe. It still adds to this galaxy. It still adds something and there's still either characters that potentially pop up or events that occur that are somewhat relevant or it just has another perspective on things. And I really like that being able to consume a fictional piece of content and I can dive into the lore as much or as little as I want. And there's certain times I'm like, I'm down for a big old rabbit hole. So you just go down and you're like, I want to know everything about this character. And you read about them in canon and sometimes in legends and you kind of cross-reference it and things. And one of the things that I love is the with the lore of it all, you know, when you learn lore of other things, like real life things in history, Mm. I often find that it can be... You kind of need to know a certain amount in a way. There's a degree of pressure on what you kind of need to know. Yeah. Once you start learning about like the world wars or something, you kind of need to know a lot about them. But whereas with Star Wars, there's no pressure. With Star Wars, it's just like know as much or as little as you want. If you want to know everything about every character ever, you can really try. I don't know how well you'll get through it, but you can really try. But I want to ask sort of connecting with your childhood. You mentioned about Star Wars Battlefront. You said you played that when you were younger and things. Was that something that you played back when it was on PlayStation 2 as well? Or is it more the new one? Or sort of, I'm intrigued by it because Battlefront 2 I I adore as a game. Uh, So I just want to ask which of the two have you played or which one was the first in a sense? Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, growing up, I'm pretty sure we've actually played both of them. Um, I think we played probably two more, Mm -hmm. um, the second one. Uh, but yeah, I know we played both of them growing up and, uh, on old PlayStation two, um, that's actually still at my parents' house. We still have, (laughs) um, so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we could probably play it if we went to my parents' house right now, but, um, so yeah, we still got that. And, um, but yeah, so it was the original two battlefronts. We played both of them, but probably played the second one the most. Nice. And did you play the other sort of surrounding Star Wars games of that era? Cause that was like the golden age of Star Wars video games. Um, not a whole lot, actually. Those are mainly the two, um, that we got, that we got into. I mean, I played, I would also play like the, I remember playing, would have been the two Lego Star Wars that came out. So like the complete saga. (laughs) Yeah. And then I don't know what the other, there was another one too. I don't don't know exactly what it was, but, um, off the top of my head, but (laughs) I remember playing those, but that was probably the extent of actually playing, uh, Star Wars video games, um, growing Mm -hmm. up. So that's fair there i mean there are a ton of them i haven't even played all of them or even close like a battlefront was my sort of entrance in Mm -hmm. battlefront one and two were really the games and then i played the lego games as well and then a few others i played i played sort of getting slightly later on is on xbox 360 there's star wars the force unleashed um i do remember there's a bounty hunter game for playstation 2 as well but when the disney canon reset happened it kind of uh you know, we didn't really get much rages. We got Battlefront 1 and the Battlefront 2, the kind of redos. Yeah. And then we got Jedi Fallen Order and Squadrons. And then aside from that, apart from like a couple of mobile games, there wasn't really anything. Now it's, you know, the license has gone past just EA now. So there's a lot more people who can be involved in creating Star Wars content in the video game realm as well, which is very exciting. Um, but sort of with Star Wars in itself, so like 
obviously we've spoken about the sort of background information and the connections and why it's important to us. I want to ask mm-hmm. with you, so what's your favorite sort of piece of Star Wars content? I know that's quite a big question, but you know, yeah. some people would say this movie or this series or this trilogy. Like if if you had to kind of choose your your favorite bit of Star Wars content, just what what would that be sort of if off the top of your head almost? Yeah, so yeah, favorite Star Wars content. Um that's a tough question. Um, and like you said, it's kind of uh, big and ambiguous. But I would actually say may, probably the Clone Wars, like the animated mm-hmm. series, um, and just like I, I would say that and for a couple of reasons. One is I think for me that was really my introduction into more than just the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like I started watching that and kind of got into some of the background stuff and the lore through that and then i think also kind of with that is the idea like it did introduce me to that lore it introduced me to um we get to dive in and we get to meet ahsoka and see ahsoka's character development we get to see um more of obi-wan and uh anakin and just more screen time more get to know their characters even a little bit better than just the movies and that sort of thing so i think for me like I think that just like really got me into more of the lore and more into um, that. And I think well, like, and I, I always remember like, the, I don't know if this is, I mean, like I love like the newest season. Um, season seven is great, but I, I do, I always do remember like watching season six of the Clone Wars. Um, and that's like where like Yoda goes and visits the will wills and all that. Like I always found that very intriguing because it died into a little bit more Star Wars lore with the Sith and Jedi and um, kind of that deeper stuff that um, we don't necessarily see in the movies all the time. Um, and so I think I, I did, I think that for me, probably Clone Wars um, just as a whole would be that. Um, and obviously Dave Filoni is amazing and did a masterful job with all that. Um, so yeah, so I think th- that would be my answer is Clone Wars. Nice, nice. So you excited about Tales of the Jedi that's coming out in uh, in the next month, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm super excited for Tales of Jedi. I'm like, just a little bit extra, another kind of another season of Clone Wars, a little bit different. But I, yeah, I'm super pumped for that. Um, so that'll definitely be really good and excited to dive into um, that as well. Hmm. Are you more excited? So obviously being a fan of Clone Wars, uh, yeah. you obviously Ahsoka is like the focal point of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Obviously she features in Rebels as well and yeah. it's very briefly a Mandalorian. So uh, the two-part question, which is, um, A, are you excited for the Ahsoka series? And off coming off of that, is that your number one most anticipated show or a piece of content coming out? Or do you have something else that's a little bit more exciting to you? um yeah i would say Ahsoka is um that that series and for multiple reasons because i think also like um i always i did i also really enjoyed rebels um Mm. and i've read like the thrawn trilogies so um i think also like seeing ahsoka getting more into that and like with ezra and sabine um seeing where all that leads and i i really hope we get some some chiss activity more than just Thrawn <laughs> um, on screen, whether that is being in wild space, being um, in that, being in the chaos as the chiss would call it, and just seeing the chiss ascendancy or 
whatever that would look like, um, just seeing more of that and seeing um, that. So I, I really like Thrawn and Ahsoka. So for me, um, that is definitely probably my most anticipated. Um, and I'm super excited for that. Um, and like, as I actually in podcasts, uh, I think probably about a month ago, I was, and I was recording one and we were talking about, and I didn't realize this actually, but like Ahsoka and Thrawn have actually never met on screen. Um, and so you assume they're probably going to meet at some point on three screen with that. Um, and so that'll be a um, pretty cool interaction and that sort of thing as well. So uh, definitely Ahsoka um, for several reasons. Um, but yeah, that'll be, I'm very much looking forward to that and hoping that um, is sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all got our fingers crossed for that. I'm I'm incredibly hyped for the Ahsoka series. Ahsoka is one of my all-time favorite Star Wars characters. I just, I'm so I'm so excited to see her. So, so cl- still connecting with Ahsoka. Um, did you enjoy uh, Rosario Dawson's uh, portrayal of her in the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I did. Um, I thought I thought it was well done. I think you got to give a little bit of grace to. I think whoever plays Ahsoka just for the fact that like doing live action compared to animation, I mean, that's so much different and so much harder to uh, portray and do. Um, but I thought Rosier- Rosario Dawson did a uh, great job with it. Um, and I think that is uh, just that character can be sometimes hard to take from animation, I feel like, to live action um, in that transition. But I feel like so far they've done a good job with it. I'm excited to see where it goes um, and see see what that is. And I think the other thing, it's hard to say for sure so far because we just got a little bit of taste of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also like the other thing that's a little hard is like we're seeing an older Ahsoka as well. So uh, we don't know exactly all what's happened to her and what's going on as well. And so I think given that with the Soka show, hopefully fill in some gaps and see what's go. We'll have a better feel of it once we get to actually see Ahsoka on screen every week and um, be able to take in that content and see what, uh, how they portray Ahsoka and do that. And I'll play, I think at that point I'll probably have a better say on that, but, so far, I've enjoyed what that has uh, Rosier Dawson has done so far. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think, I mean, Rosario Dawson before she played Ahsoka, she's one of my favorite uh, actors. I think she's incredible. But I remember when um, the stuff happened with Ahsoka um, in in Clone Wars and things, and no one really knew where she was going to come in or not. And then she was in Rebels, but then you know, mm. there's that point in Rebels where like, did she die? Who knows? And they just didn't say yeah. anything for like two years. Yeah. Rosario Dawson tweeted out hashtag Ahsoka lives and I don't think she knew at that point anything within anyone else but she connected with that character from early on and whenever you get an actor or actress who is like that whenever you get them who they're invested in the character as a fan before they're actually have the opportunity to play them that for me is it really means a lot it's just i don't need everyone who's in star wars to have read every star wars book or anything mad like that but when mm-hmm. they do have a vested interest as a fan as well i just find it adds a whole nother layer and as far as we've seen of rosario dawson so far i think that she's she is definitely a fan so with that sort of in mind and you know still connecting with the live action series and whatnot Obviously, we've had Mandalorian Series 1 and 2, we've had Book of Boba Fett, and we're currently partway through Andor at the moment. So, of the ones that you've had, 
have you which has been your favorite so far i know that andor is still ongoing but yeah. the way it has been so far do you think it could potentially become one of your favorites or is like mandalorians one of your sort of favorite elements of star wars so that's always going to come up on top like what, what are your kind of general opinions on the live action shows yeah so i'd say that i think book of boba fett it was good um but i think it was probably probably my lowest um mm-hmm. if i'm gonna rank them lowest um yeah on there i mean if they do a season two maybe they do something more with it um i don't know but i think as of right now that was to me the most disappointing just partially also just because there was a lot they could have done with it and i don't feel like they did near as much as they could have or they could have done a lot of different directions but um yeah i mean i'm really liking andor so far so we'll see (laughs) where we go with that um i think andor has potential to be maybe the best show they've done so far. Mm. Um, and I think also like, and I, I don't think you mentioned, it, but it's like the Kenobi show. Um, oh, of I course, did appreciate yeah. what they did with Kenobi show. Um, there's a little bit with Kenobi show where I was like, well, we kind of, um, I did really, one thing I appreciated with Kenobi show was uh, how much we saw a young Leia mm. um, and Kenobi going to Alderaan and uh, at the end and all, everything that goes on with that. Uh, that was not the storyline I thought that they would go with at all. Like the first time I remember, I think it was the first episode we see Leia and I'm like, what's happening? Like I was not <laughs> expecting this at all, but I uh, excited so like that, but I'd say so far Prime Mandalorian is my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I do really enjoy like just the Mandalorian and gen- Mandalorians in general. So I'm excited to see like where they go with season three and beyond like, what because i feel like with season one and two and yeah you got grogu which is a big part of it but they are leading up to something mm-hmm. very mandalorian specific um whether, whether that's retaking mandalore and restoring mandalore or um whatever they do with that and um seeing just where uh that goes i think is uh will be interesting um and there's a lot of lore with mandalore um and the mandalorian culture and all that and so um, especially with the black saber or the dark saber involved um and all that like we'll see i'm hoping we get to dive into that a little more and see where where that goes so i'm excited for mandalorian season three and just seeing where that goes i'd say right now probably is uh, my favorite just because of where it's going um and potentially seeing uh kind of a restored mandalore and (laughs) some things of that nature um and just even some things like reading like legends material from the old republic and some of that like some of the things i think they could potentially pull um Mm -hmm. and bring into canon and some things of that nature so i think it'd be pretty cool we'll see what happens with it and where it goes but um yeah, so I think Mandalorian will be a good season three and probably, I'm guessing probably the season I'm going to like the most. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping so as well. It, it's funny, really, because like I'm in agreements with you um, for the most part. I think I think Andor, if it continues on the way on its trajectory at the moment, I think it could be uh, the best uh, live action series. Because like I love the prequels, I love Kenobi, uh, and I, I thought the series was great. But I feel like that would have actually worked better as their original plan of being a movie. I feel like if it was two and a half hours or maybe three, then it would have really and it was released in one go, and you could just watch it in one that would have really helped it but i found that the episodic nature of it kind of hurt 
the story a little bit. I loved the Leia stuff, and I loved Anakin and, and you know the, the flashbacks of Anakin, and I loved Obi Wan and Vader fa- uh, facing off in Episode Three, and then again in Episode Six. I love all that, um, but I just found that there was a lot of filler in a sense, and there was just a lot of stuff I wasn't as invested by. I'm agreeing with you with uh, Book of Boba Fett. I found that it was quite disappointing of how could. It how good it could have been and especially because you had those two mandalorian centric episodes and they were almost better than most episodes of the mandalorian but they weren't part of the book of boba fett show he wasn't even in two of them so you're just a bit like you didn't feel like you had faith in this show and then kenobi it felt like there was a lot changing behind the scenes whereas with mandalorian Mm -hmm. series one and two it felt like the finished product what they released was kind of what they set out to do and that's with andor is how i'm feeling at the moment andor there's Mm -hmm. no goofy moments there's no weaker parts i'm just like oh this is serious and it's gritty and it's grounded and i'm really enjoying it i'm very intrigued to see where it goes um out of interest what did you think of uh star wars visions when that came out because obviously that was very different being outside of canon and legends yeah yeah what were your kind Um, of thoughts on that I enjoyed it. It was, I mean, it was a, like, it was just fun to see a different style Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, cause I think I, I have some friends that are really into like anime and that sort of thing. I'm not much into anime, but I think for them, it was a cool, like they got to see Star Wars in anime, um, which is pretty cool. And so I think um, just the concept of what they did with it was really neat in telling um, some different stories that, I mean, never been told. And I mean, they kind of had a blank slate in some ways when they just did it. And so, mm. um, so I enjoyed it. I mean, it definitely wasn't like my favorite, but I mean, I think it was a, um, another neat kind of outlet they did to use, um, a different type of animation, um, and, and uh, do that to create, um, some more Star Wars content. Um, so I think the concept behind it was pretty cool and what they did. Um, I said, I wasn't, I mean, kind of neutral to it just because like it doesn't tie in though anything really i mean we have like the only thing i mean we had like the ronin book um i think uh which i haven't read yet but i know like that kind of go came from that but like outside of that we don't get a whole lot so um i thought it was good it was a neat outlet for star wars and kind of diving into other ways of telling star wars um and finding new ways to do that so yeah i thought it was kind of a neat idea and a neat way they did that especially with like the shorts like it wasn't like oh like i gotta sit down and watch it and take in this big long story but i mean it's just easy to take in and watch and uh enjoy yeah i agree it was a nice experiment like a nice sandbox for them to play around in and then yeah i just it, it was quite a flip of a coin almost each episode mm-hmm. was like some of them were like this is incredible whoa this is really amazing star wars i think yeah. about three or four of them were like that and yeah. then a couple of them were like this is a bit weak and uh, yeah a friend of mine because i did a review of it um when it came out it's it sort of myself my partner megan and then our two friends jack and ria and i all of us had a least favorite, a different least favorite episode. They were all generally mm, yeah. the same four episodes were our least favorite. We all had a yeah. slightly different one. And I remember Jack specifically hating the TOB1 episode, the kind of Astro Boy-esque one. And I was like, I'm oh, not, yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but I didn't like hate yeah. it like he did, but he yeah. could not stand it. And it was so funny mm. hearing him like somewhat rant about that character. And so I find that Vision's like I wasn't that excited for it when it came out. I was like, yeah, I'll watch it because it's Star Wars. And mm-hmm. when they announced the series too, I'm like, I'm happy 
we're going to get more cool, weird, different stories. But there's mm-hmm. also that part of me that's like, with all anthology stories, there's always a couple of weak ones. So it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also wary because there's going to be a couple yeah. of rubbish ones to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, ca- I was kind of hoping like there would be like, all six of them would connect to each other um, mm. to tell a little bit more of a full story. Um, Cause I mean, it's hard to tell a much of a complete story in 15 minutes. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> which is what some of them were. And so I think like, I would have liked to see them do it where it was six episodes that were 15 minutes that all connected to each other um, and like that sort of thing, but they did what they did. So yeah i totally get what you mean i'm hoping in vision series 2 maybe there'll be a couple of concepts that they've continued like i i love the style of uh the ronin i i, mm. I love that so if they do another one of those i'd really like that yeah there's the ninth jedi which was probably i'd argue maybe the best one and uh, the village bride both of those were so cool and so yeah. many cool concepts in it and i'm hoping that maybe with canon they'll take a little bit of inspiration from visions that's that's kind mm. of my hope is that people are going to play around with it and then maybe they create a couple of stories and they go hey this started as visions but we've kind of let it go into the canon i mean there's certain yeah. vision stories that will not work in the canon in, in yeah. the way it is but there are the ones which could probably if work slightly could yeah. fit in which i'd be very interested to see yeah mm. yes so have they announced a season two or- yes they've okay they've, I don't. I think it might be coming out late next year. They okay. opened it up to to more uh, animation studios, so okay. it, it was just, I believe, Japan who had it yeah. for series one. But series okay. two, there's a Spanish studio that's got um, a couple episodes out, and okay. then also I believe an Irish one. And the only reason I know about the Irish one is because there's a there's a film out which is only on Apple TV plus. Um, but it's okay. called, yeah, it's quite bizarre, but it's called uh, wolf walkers. And I watched it cause I had Apple TV plus when Ted Lasso was out and things and I'll, I'll get it back when series three comes out, but I gave it a go this, this show. And mm-hmm. if anyone's listening, who's got Apple TV plus try out this, this movie cause it will surprise you, but it's an animated and it looks all hand drawn. And it's basically about a, a group of people living near a village who are, who can turn into wolves. That's the, the general mm. premise. Um, mm. But there's certain scenes that the animation style is so good. Uh, from mm. what my friend Ria said, I believe I'm fairly sure that uh, one of the studios confirmed in visions is one of the ones that made uh, wolf walkers. So okay. I'm very intrigued to see, obviously we've had a lot of sort of uh, Japanese animation styles. Yeah. I'm very intrigued yeah. by, but also the rest of the world will have their own. Cause I know that like Spanish, for example, do a lot of stop motion. So I don't yeah. know if they're going to use some stop motion stuff. So yeah. if they did something like that, I'd, I'd be very intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I, I mean, I haven't paid attention a whole lot to visions or looked into that a whole lot. So I didn't realize they'd done that, but yeah, that'll be good. Mm. Um, I think the other thing I don't, I mean, we kind of mentioned it, but with visions is just like, I feel like it also brings in <clears throat> another set of eyes, gets people's attention that may not be big into star Wars, but it gives them a, uh, a new aspect to star Wars that they may out um that they may check out an animation like this that they may not watch like clone wars or something like that um and so i think that just kind of that aspect and seeing i think bringing new creators into stuff is a good thing um kind of have that fresh set of eyes so 
Yeah, I agree. What one of the terms I've heard to describe Star Wars is it's like a buffet. Is that you've mm. got you know you've got the things that mo- most people enjoy and stuff, which yeah. are the movies. But then you've got if you just want to watch the series, you can. If you just want to read the books, you can. Mm-hmm. If you you know however much or little of Star Wars you want to consume, you can. Not yeah. everything is for everyone, but mm-hmm. it's all there for you to be able to to get if you want yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Which I mean, it's, it's one of those funny things when Disney Plus was announced, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. I was like, I'm just going to have this for Star Wars and probably the Marvel stuff. And I was like, I'm mm. probably going to even maybe cancel it at points when there's no content. And then it's like, oh no, there's going to be content basically for a Star Wars and a Marvel fan. There's content basically every bloody day. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm never going to be out without it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I want to ask them, linking in with that somewhat, are you, um, a lot of individuals I know who are into Star Wars tend to be into other fandoms. Some of them are into Star Trek, some of them are into Marvel and DC and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I personally do watch all the Marvel content uh, and, well, I, I say all of it, pretty much all of it. There was like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff that I didn't catch and there yeah. was like Inhumans that I didn't catch either, but all of them, the Disney Plus specific shows yeah. that have been going okay. on i've i've got all of them and i've been watching all the movies i was just intrigued with yourself obviously you've got the star wars podcast that's a very obvious one mm. but with other fandoms as it were not just the ones i've mentioned but yeah what sort of uh, content do you consume outside of star wars if you don't mind me asking yeah um so i think uh marvel is another one um i'm not super into it but like i got i got um especially when i was in high school like i had buddies that loved marvel so I'd tag along good opening night stuff with them all the time. And so they kind of get in, I've gotten into that through them, but like, I think I've stayed up to date kind of with some of the Disney plus stuff. I'm always behind on it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I do watch um, and pay attention to some of that. So I do enjoy Marvel and what they've done with that and um, all that. And then I say the other big one for me would just be, um, Oh, Lord of the Rings. Um, oh. So, uh, my actually my grandpa was like really he loved the lord of the Rings shows and so like growing up we always watched like the movies and so like when the hobbits the hobbit movies came out we'd go opening night to those i've read the books and all that um so and i know they have the show releasing now on uh amazon prime uh which i haven't watched yet uh, i don't have amazon prime so i'm kind of <laughs> like I'm going to get like one of the, once all the whole series is out, I'm going to get like a seven day free trial and then <laughs> watch them all real quick and check that out. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably Marvel and Lord of the Rings are two outside of um, Star Wars that I pay attention to and um, enjoy taking in and uh, enjoying those stories as well. Yeah, it's funny with Lord of the Rings because even though I, I massively love Star Wars, obviously, I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy is a better set of movies than probably anything Star Wars has done. Mm. I, I think Return of the King is probably one of the best films ever made ever. I used mm. to have them on DVD, the normal editions, and I used to yeah. watch Return of the King all the time. And yeah. then I got on Blu-ray the extended editions of mm-hmm. the uh, Hobbit movies and Lord of the Rings, and I was like, yeah. these are even better better i don't even know how they did it like there's an extra yeah. like, three or four hours all in all uh, you know i think i think fellowship is 45 minutes longer i think two towers is about an hour and a bit and then i think return yeah. of the king is like an hour and a bit as well because return of the king ends up being like four and a half hours long and it's like yeah we watched it myself and uh, megan we watched it during lockdown uh covid lockdown and things because mm. obviously we had infinite time for a little while yeah and so we we're like oh, let's sit down and watch these and i was like I- i'd seen fellowship extended before but i hadn't okay. seen the other two and I yeah. was like, I d- they've made them even better. And now it's yeah. made me kind of, 
I wanted other movies I enjoy to do that. Like I love the Harry Potter movies. I was like, why don't they release extended version of those? And with like the original Star Wars trilogy, could you imagine? Because there's like deleted scenes which are still considered a canon, but you can't just, what you call, you can't legally just watch like, you know, the whole movie with the deleted scenes that I kind of mm-hmm. put into it. And I'm like, yeah. that's, I, w- I wish we could have that. I wish we could have extended versions of all my favorite yeah. movies that Lord yeah. of the Rings did. That would be pretty neat. And especially some of like the original Star Wars trilogy, just cause like some of those movies, I mean, like they're not super long movies anyways. No. Um, so to make them extended probably is just going to make them as long as most movies are nowadays anyway. So like, <laughs> um, so I mean, really it's, you're not like you're making a four hour movie. You're just making it three hours or whatever. So um, yeah, that would be pretty cool to see. Oh man, it would kill, it would make me so happy. I'd throw all my money at Disney. They're already getting most of my money anyway with all the books I buy and Disney yeah. Plus and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to ask with uh, with Star Wars in itself, we kind of rein it in to specifically the eleven movies. Obviously, the nine mm-hmm. episodes and then Solo and Rogue One. Yeah. Now, I would say I would probably argue the original trilogy is almost objectively the best but that doesn't mean that they're my favorites for me personally the prequel trilogy i enjoy watching more than i enjoy watching the original trilogy even though i think the originals are probably better although i do still really enjoy the sequels i think the i think all the stars movies are great in their own right i don't think any of them are Mm -hmm. bad but from your perspective like what is your your personal favorite of the movies and then do you have like a preferred era in that yeah that's a great question um i think for me uh that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> always hard when I get, I, I feel like I get asked this question and then I never have an answer to it right away. Um, <laughs> it changes every day almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, for, yeah, for me, probably, I think my favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi. Nice. Um, and I just enjoy um, that. I, I think always, I've always enjoyed seeing like, a Jedi Luke that is a fully a Jedi and just the interactions there. And um, I think for me, that is always kind of nostalgic also, but also also just like, I love that movie, but um, I'd say era wise though, it'd probably be prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, as I think I mentioned this earlier, it's like, that's uh, kind of era I grew up with. Yeah. Um, so like I grew up with um, those three movies coming out. And so like, for me, like, that was really like what got me into star Wars to start with and to um, re- really enjoyed those as I was younger um, and that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, probably pre- favorite era is prequels. Um, and that sort of thing. And I always have to give rogue one an honorable mention just because <laughs> it was so well done and um, definitely up there for maybe the best well done star Wars movie, um, except especially of any of the newer ones mm-hmm. um i would say um i think it was just it was yeah super 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 duper well done i enjoyed that um so much and i also wonder if that's a little bit why andor uh show right now is the way it is because we're getting uh some of that and seeing um kind of that same same that same directing same type of thing we're seeing we got in row one we're also getting an andor um which i appreciate and enjoy so far mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's funny isn't it because i think rogue one is probably the best made star wars movie of the disney era um it, it's even it's better made than the prequels as well i'd say the prequels i love them but they are very flawed movies and so rogue one really just hits out of the park for storytelling and 
I think the funniest thing I find about Rogue One is that when the premise was announced, I was like, what? Why on earth would I want a film about the mission where they got the Death Star plans? And then you watch it and you go, God damn, this is this is very good. <laughs> this is like this is the film that no one asked for. And then yeah. everyone just unanimously goes, yeah, this is incredible. This is just yeah. such a good movie. And it's just like with Andor, really. When they released the Andor show, I was like, we're getting a prequel of a prequel with a set of characters, with basically the main character, we know what happens to him. I'm not yeah. very intrigued. But then watching it, and it, you've got, it's basically like, um, obviously with Star Wars Rebels, so for me personally, Star Wars Rebels is my favorite piece of Star Wars mm. content that exists. Yeah. For, like, yeah. I love the Clone Wars, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Rebels for me really hits home. And this is basically just like, what about Rebels, but it's not animated and not centering around this found family. It's actually kind of the opposite. It's it's the darker side of the rebellion. It's the, mm. you know, when you get Andor at the start of Rogue One, the first thing he does is kill his mate with a bad arm. And you're like, oh, no, this is this is not a kid's film. And when, yeah. so Andor is like, how did he get to that point over the, the years that it's going to do time jumps over inevitably over the two seasons? I'm just like... I'm I'm so intrigued by it and I think I think when Star Wars surprises people I think that's that's the best time because like with the mm. Kenobi show Kenobi was a lot of fun I'm glad I watched it but we all knew how it was going to end we all knew all the characters in it bar like three yeah. so it was weakened a little bit by it being mm. this sort of in between movie uh, like yeah. in between episodes 3 and 4 whereas I find that when you have Star Wars, like Mandalorian kind of came out of nowhere. No one expected yeah. Mandalorian. They announced yeah. it. And then you're like, okay, a gunslinger, I guess, sort of. And then yeah. some of us who like Clone Wars and Rebels had an idea of what Mandalorians were, but they did such a good way of creating the show and creating the character of the Mandalorian to mm-hmm. have him separated from the other Mandalorians we've seen and get him finding himself. And yeah. I just think where Mandalorian didn't have this weight of expectation around it, it meant that it could kind of be free to do its own thing. And I'm mm. thinking that that's how Rogue One kind of survived. And that's also uh, what Andor's going to be doing, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think also part of it, for, at least for me, is like with, I mean, Mandalorian and all those that you, and then Rogue One and Andor is like, we're also seeing like, because I always love to be able to see like, what was going like we get it so like especially during like the original trilogy and we get this a lot with rogue one and andor right now is we're getting some like what is happening in the empire kind of behind the scenes Mm. um and like we're kind of getting to see some of these side side elements of like i mean just even and that's the end of part one thank you so much for listening as always my friends part two will be out at the same time next week but as i said in the intro please consider checking out patreon.com slash genuine chat for as little as one pound a month which i think at the moment is about a dollar a month as well you get access to part two of this conversation immediately episodes of genuine chit chat that have been released in the last year or so that have been split into two parts you get access to the full unsplit episodes there and in addition to that you get access to our afterthoughts so Afterthoughts, as well as the full-length episodes, get uploaded to an exclusive RSS feed. When you sign up to Patreon, you get an access to that link. You can put it in any podcast player of your choice, or you can just listen on the Patreon app, or the desktop version, or whatever, however you fancy listening to it. And you get access to Mind and Megan's Afterthoughts, which we do every single week. And we're currently doing spooky seasons, so we're doing a lot of horror films and stuff. And in addition to that, whenever part two of the conversation drops on this normal feed, people over at Patreon get a bonus episode. So if you want to hear a lot about Megan, you want to hear more from me, 
you want to get bonus content you want to support the show and also i release book reviews on there that are star wars legend stuff that i don't release anywhere else please consider checking out patreon.com slash genuine chit chat there is also a link in the description to a free episode so you can just click on that and see how you like it what else have we got though? Well, obviously with Ike being on the show, I need to promote me going on his show. A link to that is in the description, but if you type an Ike's Flame podcast into whatever you're listening to this, then you should be able to find his episode with myself where I spent the majority of the time speaking about phase one of the High Republic. So that was really, really fun there. Obviously links in the description to Ike's website, as well as Ike on Podfollow, as well as Ike's podcast with Big T and Lil T, which is what he mentioned in this conversation. I can't remember if it was in part one or part two, but you can click that if you want to hear more from him as well. In addition to that, if you're listening to this and you haven't tuned into my Star Wars show, please go and do that. Star Wars Comics in Canon is specifically designed, so if you've never picked up a Star Wars comic in your entire life and you don't plan on, and you've never read any comics in fact, you can still tune into the show. I've specifically made it so you can tune in. I go through the plot details in like a really easy to understand way. And I also highlight some of the other connected content and things, including species and planets and characters that all pop up that you've seen before. And I connect the dots on that. It's a really great way to expand your Star Wars knowledge, both in canon and also generally in comics. And I'm almost fully up to date with like everything that's out at the moment. So if there is a Star Wars comic that you've read and you want like a little refresher on or some of the information you may have missed, you can always find that. The best place to look for that, I would say, is probably probably either just type in random words and comics in motion into your podcast player because it's on the feed of comics in motion or you can click the link in the description or check out my youtube channel so youtube.com slash genuine chit chat you'll find episodes of genuine chit chat uploaded on there a lot of them have got videos to them as well but in addition to that i put everything into playlists so there's genre playlists there's a whole place which is just star wars conversations so conversations like this or conversations with actual star wars creators including kevin scott and claudia gray who are two architects of the high republic dominic pace who is actually in the mandal Alex and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explain, which is quite a big Star Wars YouTube channel. Loads of sort of people involved with Star Wars in different ways, and there's more in the pipeline as well. Plus, all my Star Wars Comics and Canon episodes, they're in genre playlists as well. So if you just want to hear about every single appearance of Darth Vader in comics, I've got a playlist for that. I've got one for Dr. Aphra, sequel trilogy era stuff, loads of different playlists for different things, so you can find whatever you fancy there. In addition to that, my friends, please check out the recent guest lists that I have done. They are in the description. So I appeared on the She-Hulk Episode 7 discussion show on Comics and Motions feed. I appeared on an episode of Frank Burton's I Like the Sound podcast. And then myself, Megan, Spider-Dan and Rhea did a Disney discussion episode on weird Disney movies that Disney don't want you to see. And they're not even on Disney+. Plus. I believe they're on YouTube. But please check out that. That is on the feed of Spider-Dan and the Secret Boars. But a link is in the description as well. As well as a link to Saturday's Are for Ghouls as well, which is the promo you heard at the start of this follow me on social media at genuine chit chat please share review you know you can review on spotify of just out of five stars you can review on apple podcasts or good pods or places like that just sharing the show rating it commenting on posts liking stuff sharing with people in real life and digitally all those sorts of things really help out the show if you want to support the show but you can't do it financially over on patreon that's completely fine there are just plenty of other ways you can do it But thank you so much for listening, as always, my friends. I'll be back next week with part two of my Star Wars conversation with Ike, where we continue our conversation, but we kind of delve more deeply into the three sequel trilogy movies. We also talk about Star Wars Resistance a little bit, the Thrawn books, the Queen's trilogy, as well as I give some comic recommendations. And then we talk about how Star Wars connects to religion and spirituality, and Ike talks about how Star Wars connects with his Christianity in particular. So lots of great things for part two. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't already, and also subscribe to the YouTube as well youtube.com slash genuine chat chat thank you so much and we'll talk to you next week with part two
you have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.